0: CCP, you must submit, right? Then you go to the wokes, and they say you must sympathize. Now, there's a real trick that they do here, right? You must sympathize. While the CCP says that they are powerful, what the wokes say is that you are powerful. Because you are Hmm. white or male or straight or cis or, you know, like upper middle class or whatever, right? you are an oppressor well, i mean i'm
1: especially an oppressor though i think i check all the boxes <laughs> right so i mean I, I feel like i won this game except maybe i'm jewish through my mom's side i'm joe lonsdale welcome to the american optimist biology thanks for joining us today thanks joe good to be here i want to start by asking you about your 1729 project. What does this signify? This reminds me obviously a little bit of the 1619 project, although obviously it's the, not, it's more, not probably not the same knowing you given what I've read, but, but, but what, what inspired you to do this?
0: Well, so 1729, it's neither 1619 nor 1776. Um, it's not a year. It's a, it's a number. It's the sum of first number. That's the sum of two cubes in two different ways. It's one cube plus 12 cube. And it's also equal to nine cube plus 10 cube. And why is that interesting? Well, um, it's uh, it's basically like uh, the number seventy nine is like e equals mc squared in India, and the reason is that India's greatest mathematician, um, Srinivasa Ramanujan, uh, was this is like a super mathematical genius who um, grew up very poor in India and wrote a bunch of letters to people, uh, you know, mathematicians around the world. And uh, one of them didn't send it to spam, didn't throw in the circuit file. This is like more than 100 years ago. One of yeah. them did not throw it in the waste basket, uh, but actually brought Ramanjan out. he said, this guy has to be a genius because nobody else would send me these crazy equations. brought him out to Cambridge and uh, Ramanujan then rampaged through mathematics for the next several years. and he um, unfortunately died very young. And on his deathbed, this other mathematician came to him and said, you know the tax cab number outside it's got a very boring number. Um, that license plate number is 1729. Naranjit said no, Hardy. It's the first sum of two cues in two different ways because he was on a first name basis with basically every number, you know, mm-hmm. you know all these identities.
1: And Has anyone ever sent you a crazy email that led you to meeting them and doing something with them? Are you, are you based on this story, are you more open to, to crazy emails or no?
0: Yeah, no, I am. Uh, like, well, certainly, you know, Twitter DMs can be crazy. There's a lot of, a lot of crazy people. <laughs> But, you know, the thing is, and this is interesting, you know, one of my laws of physics is that the internet increases variance. Uh-huh. So that's it. You have more upside and more downside and everything because that mediator is removed, right? The middleman, and the moderator. So you have crazy good and you also have crazy, crazy, um, you know, but, but.
1: You get, uh, you, get, you get a lot, you get a lot of the latter. It's hard, it's hard to filter out. And, and, and so, sorry, keep, keep, keep going on 1729.
0: Well, yeah. So, so 1729 to me has always symbolized, you know, all of this talent that's off the map, which basically the world and that person have, they're both being deprived of giving what they have to the world, right? In another universe, that genius is just off the map, you know, that Rabanji is never found, it just starves in India or have you, right? And the the global internet rising, you know, 10 years ago, um, less than about 5% of India was actually online in, in 2009. I just, you know, looked at this graph. Now it's more than 50%, right? That is basically that's that's an insane number, right? You know, 10x over a decade on something like internet connectivity. You, you know, you're talking of roughly a billion people, 950 million of them were offline, you know, about 10 years ago, and now 500 million people got online in the last decade, right? And so all these people finally now have a connection to the global internet, and we can work with them. We can, uh, you know, invest in them. We can, you know, learn from them and, uh, you know, we can collaborate with them. And this is something that's motivated me for a long time, but I think the conditions are now propitious for, for, for doing this because we have cryptocurrency, we have blockchain, we have things where.
1: And, and so what you're doing is you're paying Bitcoin bounties for tasks and tutorials. What What's, what's oh, yeah. the goal?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So sure, sure. What's the point, right? So, so is a manifestation of this. It is, um, to first order is, you know, Bitcoin bounties for tasks and tutorials, um, and what people do is they will read uh, like, a, like an essay and they will do a follow up task, for example, you know, um, there's an essay on uh, like uh, working out and you submit a proof of work app, or there's an essay on a concept called network states and you write a review of that essay. And the best reviews, or the best you know workouts, uh, workout picks, or um, you know, another case, you know, we asked to crowdsource some data, the best crowdsource data that gets 10 or 100, uh, you know, or whatever dollars in BTC or ETH or another cryptocurrency. Um, so that's like to first order is you learn and then you earn, and that's like you can understand it just on that basis. Um, medium to longer term, what I'd like to do is use this as a way to find talent around the world. Um, educate them, fund them, lift them up. Where you're not just giving them cryptocurrencies, but crypto credentials, which are not on-chain money, but on-chain effectively like micro diplomas, um, which represent that you knew a certain subject at, at a certain time. Um, I can get into that as well. Go
1: ahead. Got it. So, so, so let's let's back, let's back up a little bit, Balaji, in your in your background. You've you've built a lot of companies. You were the CTO of Coinbase earlier, a general partner in Horowitz. And so, so I, I what do you, what are you doing right now? You're running this project, you're building multiple companies, you're trying to save the world from crazy people. What's, what's your, yeah. what's your current focus?
0: What's my focus? Um, so uh, I certainly have um, been doing a lot of like, you know, uh, tweeting and writing and, and um, you know, angel investing and sort of so for the last couple of years. Uh, and I mean, you know, certainly playing around since I'm probably going to lean into that much more as sort of like the, central vehicle for everything I want to do. Um, and uh, my, my thinking is that um, we need to fund uh, decentralized media, crypto protocols, startup cities, and network states. Um, and so decentralized so, media,
1: crypto protocols, startup cities. And network states. And network states.
0: Let me, let me define all of that, right? So the goal, long-term goal essentially is to build the first network state. And let me build up to what that means, okay? But first, let me define something. So I had this sort of you know, meme or whatever on Twitter where was like you know, in the 2000s about tech companies, the 2010s, crypto protocols, the 2020s, startup cities, the 2030s, network states, right? So what are those? Tech companies, we all know what they are, right? Yep. Crypto yeah. protocols, by now, people kind of know what they are, which are, you know, there's Bitcoin, of course, but there's Ethereum, now there's BitCloud, there's Zcash, there's Uniswap. These are essentially, things that combine the first era of the internet, right? The P2P era of the internet, that that was peer to peer, like node to node, you know, and it was highly programmable as open source. Then the second generation of the internet was MVC model view controller that, you know, that's a technical term to the architecture of these things. And that was Facebook that was, you know, uh, like YouTube. What's it mean that fake, it mean that
1: Facebook and YouTube were model view controllers? What's, what's that mean?
0: What that means is basically that. Uh, you move from a topology where every node is pinging every other node, like peer-to-peer, to a hub-and-spoke topology where these gigantic hubs, like Facebook or Twitter, yep.
1: so you had you had massive peer-to-peer, then you kind of semi-recentralized it with different hub-and-spoke models.
0: That's right, and that's because of a fundamental technological thing, which is if you had what's called global state, right? That is say, you have your Facebook profile, right? You've stored all this data there. You've got your photos, and you've got your messages, and your friends, right? Um, if you're doing peer-to-peer You'd have to send all that information to everybody every time over and over again right which is very wasteful you know yep. so instead it makes sense to store that at a central hub and then that central hub has a ton of power and that has been the fundamental architectural thing that has constrained us and, you're, and you for,
1: think a lot about power you're obviously worried this power is captured and used in ways that you don't like
0: yeah i mean i, I think that basically I'm, I'm not an extreme i'm not an anarchist or anything like that but i am I basically believe that um, we need to increase the amount of consent in society to go from where we currently are, which I would consider a 51% democracy to a hundred percent democracy. What I mean by that is a 51% democracy is something where it's what it sounds like. 51% can vote to, you know, do anything to the other 49.
1: 51% of people can ban abortion or 51% of people can, who who knows, like whatever they want to do, they can do.
0: That's right. They basically just get over the bar. They just clear that bare level of legitimacy in order to wield the state as a club to kind of make somebody do something. And then what yeah. happens is the, the fact that they don't have a lot of consent means they need to use a lot of coercion. Because they use a lot of coercion, that polarizes and that flips that 2% undecided voter or whatever back to the other side. Yep. So you have like a you know, terrible situation where, you know, essentially, you know, a market or an election. You know, capitalism and Roxy are great, but they're formal mechanisms for conflict resolution, right? Yeah. Um, the community manages somehow to allocate resources, you know, within your family, within your, you know, your, your, your village, uh, maybe not a big village actually, let's say within your company, for example, you are not necessarily using market mechanisms to allocate everything. For example, everything that people are doing is not necessarily micro tasks. It could be, but it's not, right? everything that is happening is not a vote, right? There's sort of, there's something which is sort of like, okay, you do this, I do that, and sort of like internal in the head, right? It's only when there's conflict resolution that you need markets or elections or both. And so it's not just that, you know, America's about capitalism and democracy. In many ways, that's all that's left, because a lot of the community that's underpinned America has been eroded, you know, Putnam observed this 20 years ago with bowling alone, right?
1: Yep. So our, so our communities aren't working together. to solve all these problems anymore. So we've pushed everything to a 51% society, which is there, which is not working as well as it should be.
0: Exactly. That's right. Because, you know, you don't want to subject everything to a vote or as pro capitalism in everything is an auction, right? There, there are things that are allocated in other ways. And so, and,
1: and so what's that have to do with model view controllers just to, to, to connect ah, it, back? Pull it back.
0: Right. Okay. Yes. So the thing about this is, um, model view controller, leads to centralization because technologically we couldn't represent global state we couldn't decentralize the database okay we had to have it a central hub like a facebook or a twitter or a paypal um which are great companies don't get me wrong but uh, we couldn't do that until satoshi invented the blockchain and that is a way to have global state that is to say, everybody knows how much Bitcoin somebody has, right? Everybody can access it. Everybody can read, read it. Everybody can write to it. If you have a little bit of Bitcoin, everybody can write blocks to it. If you have a little bit of a little bit, a lot of competition, that is some money blocks point is it opens it up. It takes, so basically,
1: it takes things from 51% to a hundred percent society. If you run yep. things in a distributed way, cause every, cause everyone gets to opt in to whatever things they want to be part of.
0: Yeah, exactly. It becomes much easier to opt out of something, right? Yep. Because that hub no longer has control. Another way of putting it is blockchain's turn, I know this is technical, I know your audience, you know, but basically um, blockchain's turn every user into a root user. You have total control over your data, over your money. Um, You cannot be deplatformed from it. You can't be censored, okay? and, uh, you know, what we think is, about, is that a
1: problem if you can't be censored? I mean, what about, there's always a question. What about, we talked to Ashton Kutcher earlier, who's like saving all these kids from child, you know, child abuse material. What about child abuse material? Like, are there ways you can censor some things and not others? Or, 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 or is there, is it just better to yeah. even, have, you know?
0: So, so the, the issue is with everything like this is that, um, you know, it's saying hard cases make bad law. Yep. Right. So hard cases make bad law, meaning that The uh, like, if everything is premised on the edge case, which is a variant, and that is governing the base case, that's probably not a good solution for the base case, right? Yep. In the case of like extreme content like that, um, there's a couple of options, right? The, The first is if you look at how BitCloud works, anybody can set up a client to BitCloud, which is to say, you can set up example.com and render the posts however you want it's as if yeah. twitter's back and was totally open and everybody could render the tweets however they wanted how, how twitter used to be but, but no
1: one has to listen to them and people can still report them to the police or, or etc yeah,
0: exactly that's right you know the thing is um even from a pure utilitarian standpoint i think that edge case harm is often exaggerated to uh you know to to, to basically control 99 of people you know and have you seen that yep. cartoon which is like how do you want this wrapped and it's like terrorism or like the children you know and it's basically like internet you know filter yeah so something.
1: basically basically people use the edge cases to get control and to have the centralized control but then the centralized control ends up doing even worse things overall and so you're saying it's it's bad, this is the whole concept of liberty to begin with which america was founded on is that you have liberty and, and you deal with the edge cases without getting rid of liberty basically
0: that's exactly right and you know here's a silly analogy but i think an interesting one right if somebody sells you a chair, okay, that chair is, in the physical world, decentralized. The The guy in China cannot hit a button to make the chair vaporize into dust. Yep. There isn't like a, a connection, a cable that goes all the way back. We well, this, say, is, this,
1: this, this is what terrifies me about digital money, that the United States government, of course, the, the big statists want all, all digital money that the United States centralized <laughs> controls. Because they, they just press a button if they don't like you, and it's gone. That's right.
0: Yeah. That's right. And so, so the thing about it is, if you sell someone a chair, you sell someone a kitchen knife, okay, 99 point whatever percent of people are just going to be using that for cutting onions or whatever, right? Yep. Point 00 whatever is, is going to go and stab somebody. The, we don't hold Oneida responsible for that because it's decentralized.
1: I mean, some crazy people do want to hold people responsible for some of these things, but obviously you can't. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah.
0: Okay, fine. So you can say cars, right? You can say, but you're right. There are people who are just sort of, you know, by pushing it into that domain where you have a object that can be clearly used for um, like nonviolent behavior and then somebody misuses it, then like banning knives or banning cars, you know, people sometimes, crazy people use a car to run somebody down, that does so much damage to the rest of society that it's clearly not the right approach, right? So by decentralizing it, you it's mm-hmm. unrealistic to tell everybody to use like, you know, blunt butter knives um, because somebody stabbed somebody once, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so that's kind of, you know, the, the framework here.
1: Where so, so so we've moved we've moved from the Facebook and uh, and the LinkedIn and the Twitter and these other areas uh, to to this decentralized world. Now that's that's where we're going right now, basically. Yeah, and, exactly. And-
0: so the three areas of the internet are P2P, MVC, CBC. So peer-to-peer, which yep. are programmable and between peers, right? Model view controller, which is centralized, but also highly profitable, because once it's centralized, you can make massive you know, returns. And now CBC, which actually combines both of these in the best way, so it's peer-to-peer and programmable and open source like the original internet, but it also has new primitives for global state and it's highly monetizable. So, so why
1: is no one why has no one figured this out yet for any of the top consumer companies? Is it because they're so smart and powerful and they're 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 finding a way to stop it, or is it just really hard? Like, why isn't there a good competitor that, that, that more people are using to Facebook or Twitter or TikTok? Or, you know, well, or so it's others. funny. So for
0: Twitter, it now exists. I think BitCloud is that thing. BitClout is finally, is, first of all, it's very technically difficult. I think that's the fundamental.
1: Are we right? seeing exponential growth there yet? That's like, that's actually consistent. So, so, so this is, should I, should I only be using BitCloud because it's less evil than Twitter? Is this like a thing that we should be switch shifting to? I think you and I are both on Twitter still a little bit.
0: Yeah. Well, so, so, I mean, so just to talk about that for a second, right. Um, one of my DCs is that the decentralized version of something when it works is worth 10 X a centralized version. That is to say, I think Bitcoin will, in the fullness of time, it's certainly 10X, it'll be 10X PayPal, it, might, it may be 10X gold. Ethereum will be, um, you know, like it's more valuable than Stripe, for example. Stripe's an amazing company. Collison, the Colson's are some of the- Stripe
1: released site. some pretty awesome stuff recently. I think they could get to a trillion dollars. I don't know, but, but, but of course ETH, you think it could be more dramatic, to more than that, I assume.
0: Exactly, yeah. that's right. The thing is, look, and Stripe may be decentralized, by the way, who knows? You know, they're, they're very smart, right? Um, and I respect them both.
1: Uh, but will, will twitter or facebook or tiktok decentralized because they have to to compete is that is that where this goes then
0: well so right so basically you know just to close the point on stripe like i think of stripe is a fiat ethereum which is a complement to both right yep. like basically it's a programming platform that you can do all kinds of things with right and and tons billions of dollars have just created out of that okay i do think the crypto version of something when it works is 10X the, the, the offline version? For example, like Uniswap, which is a competitor to Coinbase and Binance and so on, a decentralized exchange, has, do you know how much money they have in their DAO?
1: No, what, what do they have? What
0: would you guess? How much money did they, they raise online to basically build a Uniswap DAO? How much is in the like Treasury?
1: Uh, I, I mean, uh, $50 million. What is it?
0: Four, 4.3 billion, last time I looked. Wow. Yeah, wow, right? There's- It wasn't
1: concept. just all your money, there's other people doing this too.
0: Well, that's the thing. There's a website called open orgsinfo right, which shows all the treasuries of these DAOs, right? So decentralized exchanges, decentralized lending, decentralized X, Y, W, and Z. These show what happened. What happened? What can happen if you truly open up global capital markets to yeah. everyone, right? I mean, the thing is that crypto. Is to American capitalism what American capitalism was to Soviet communism.
1: But back to the point on BitCloud and Facebook and Twitter and, and these guys. So, so how, so how do they, how do they actually get them to, to decentralize, or or, or or how how do these things actually win?
0: Right. So first on BitCloud itself. So basically, yep. um, you know, just as disclosure, I'm an investor in BitCloud. I'm an investor in basically everything in crypto and decentralized media and so, yep. and so forth. Right. It's not a material percentage of my holdings. Okay. With that said, disclaimer out of the way. Uh, I am very impressed. I mean, basically, you and I share a concern over censorship, deplatforming, you know, like kind of the uh, political use of fact checking, all of this type of stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's,
1: there's stuff. Like, there's stuff. Facebook said they were going to be f- for free speech, and all of a sudden, they started banning all sorts of stuff that in ways they were completely inappropriate. Yeah, and, and, and yeah. Twitter's even worse. It's 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 terrible. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the thing is that it's easier sometimes to see this outside the American context in China where, you know, Tiananmen, you know, is filtered, but Li Wen Liang's posts about COVID were filtered and uh, and it's very in your face there. And what has happened in many ways is that sort of like the the wokeness, wokes in America have sort of, you know, a convergent evolution path with, with China, right? Where- The wokes
1: in America and the status in China, they're both censoring things they don't like in similar way. Yeah, and it, it,
0: it's actually, it's very, it goes on many different levels. Like for example, Xi Jinping thought is like Chinese wokeness. You know, yep. like the app that they all have to kind of repeat, um, and the Chinese Great Firewall. Well, the American analog is decentralized social media censorship, and yep. the Chinese is concept of like human flesh search, right? Which is like cancel culture, you know, um, yep. and, and and so on and so forth. You can make a whole set of parallels here, right? And uh so it, the implementation is different, but it there's there's like a pressure for convergent evolution here because only those ideologies, if you think about it from a very macro perspective. You know with facebook connecting the world everybody being like nodes in this in this gigantic global social network it's mm-hmm. it's um, it's something where as mind viruses spread on that social network like operating systems for people's brains yep viral kind of viruses are those that a spread and that b lock it off so that no other thing can spread into their they, they
1: can't allow you to think other thoughts if you think thoughts that could could lead you to changing your operating system those have to be marked as the most evil
0: Exactly. That's right. So thus, wokeness spreads on the basis of tolerance, and then Iron Fist is incredibly intolerant and filters, sensors, thought controls, etc. Chinese nationalism, basically, one way to think about it, wokeness is evolved for the English internet, and Chinese nationalism is evolved for the Chinese internet. Right. Where there's certain background features that are assumed, like that the Chinese government has great firewall control and so on and so forth. So Wokeness is finding it hard to get into China because you know they filter it like Hong Kong and so on and so forth.
1: Well, they already have their own they already have their own operating system that yeah, that's against this other thing. Yeah.
0: Exactly. So they play a strong defense and most play a strong offense. Right. But but essentially, you know, this is like, uh, you know, you don't want to be on either side of that one. right?
1: Is our to... is, is our is our and you and I could be said to share a lot of values around believing in liberty and decentralization. Is that also an operating system or or is yes. But it's a more tolerant operating system, I guess, that, that considers these ideas or, or, or is it secretly we're also intolerant in our own ways?
0: Well, so my framework on this is that the near term future, I gave a talk on this and I've got an edit to it uh, that it is, um, the future is communist capital versus world capital versus crypto capital. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: um, communist capital is straightforward. You must submit, right? World capital, you must sympathize and crypto capital. You must be sovereign. Okay. So, so smart people about. in our
1: generation are probably going to end up falling into the woke capital or the crypto capital. There's not really a, something. Is, is there like a third category which is just, just people who are just like, this is all stupid and I'm just too busy and I'm not going to think about it. Or, or do you basically get pulled into one of these camps?
0: You'll get pulled into one of these camps. And the reason is like, there's basically one Chinese camp and two rest of world camps. Right. Which yep. are, so, um, and, uh, the, there must
1: be other people in China who have their own camp though, that like are secretly like horrified by the Chinese government.
0: Yes. So, so this, here's, so here's the second order, right? The second order is you can actually think of these as points on a triangle. And, um, so you have like, I put them as CCP, NYT, and BTC.
1: Okay. So Um, New York times, Bitcoin and Chinese communist party. Okay.
0: Correct. That's right. Those are like the three extremal points on the triangle. Right. And actually all three have their extremists. So I'll come to that point. So CCP, obviously, you know, that's, that's basically, you must submit, it's the most straightforward. The Chinese communist party is powerful.
1: They'll you up if you don't do what they want. And they're very clear about it. You'll disappear. Yeah,
0: that's right. And the thing is that the social contract there has been getting worse for entrepreneurship. You know, we see Jack Ma because that's such a huge deal that it makes news overseas. Right. We see the CEO of ByteDance An ironic thing, by the way, on, you know, ByteDance is while he was getting, you know, attacked in the U S for TikTok potentially being a surveillance app, he was also getting attacked in China for being insufficiently loyal to CCP and so on and so forth. Right.
1: Yeah. He's no, these people, I mean, I mean these people are attacked on both sides almost no matter what in these positions these days. It's it's the nature of it. So basically yeah. at one
0: corner CCP must submit, uh, which is, um, they're powerful. You're not submit. You, you know what? There's a logic to that. I can understand why people do that, you know, because, uh, they've got all the power. So, you know, yeah, yeah, it's pretty,
1: it's pretty nice to be rich and to be friends with everyone who's super powerful in your country Who's not going to come f- up your family. I, it's interesting what you're describing biology because it's almost like, I guess the rule of this triangle is that if you're on one of the extreme corners, you're going to attack people who are not in one of your corners and And so both sides always are going to be attacking the things in between as a way to scare them towards them basically. That's right?
0: right? And actually the beach corner has its own crazy people. Which I'll come back to you, but okay. So CCP, you must have met, right? Then you go to the wokes, and they say you must sympathize. Now, there's a real trick that they do here, right? You must sympathize. While the CCP says that they are powerful, what the wokes say is that you are powerful. Because you are Hmm. white or male or straight or cis or, you know, like upper middle class or whatever, right? You are an oppressor. You're in an oppressor category. Here's the trick, right? Um, Intersectionality turns us all into oppressors. Because if you do the or statement, right, um, like fifty percent of the world is male, and maybe ninety percent is straight, and you know, like sixty percent. of the Well, male. I
1: mean, I'm especially an oppressor, though. I think I check all the boxes, <laughs> right? So, I mean, I, I feel like I won this game, except maybe I'm Jewish through my mom's side. But and you and you and you, just uh, Indian Indians, kind of in the oppressor class too these days in America, right? In tech world.
0: Well, here's the thing: is basically like um, you know, your your card will get yanked. When it is deemed, you know, is is Peter Thiel gay? Is um, you know, is Ann Wajicki is she considered a woman? Is um, you know, uh, uh gosh, what's the yeah. Name a, is Adrian
1: is Adrian Fenty or Thomas Sowell considered black? And they go against if yeah, he goes against it, the unions it, exactly. or Soul goes against these other. Yeah, exactly. It, it,
0: exactly. So the thing is that what happens is, um, you know, you're attacked on your blind side. You, you know, if you've got these various facets, right. Uh okay, you might be a person of color, Will you'll be attacked as a man. Oh, you're a woman, will you be attacked as white? So everybody's an oppressor on some axis. That's the trick.
1: So you're vulnerable. So if you don't obey what we want or we don't go along with what we're saying, then you're gonna get attacked, basically. And so everyone's vulnerable to be attacked and everyone has to be afraid.
0: Well, well, I literally mean it from an like an algebra standpoint, right? If you work it out, everybody is either, you know, white or straight or cis or some oppressor category. So what wokeness does is it turns everybody into thinking they're a victim, and having, but also being represents others as an oppressor. So it's this war of all versus all. It puts everybody into conflict because everybody thinks there's a victim, and everybody thinks of you as an oppressor on some dimension. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying, right? And so the thing is, that
1: for me, I'm I'm only on the oppressor side. I think.
0: Okay, okay I, I, sure, sure, <laughs> sure. Well, you know, but you see what I'm saying, right? Like basically, yeah. um. This is this is something where the trick, with the CCP, it's very straightforward. It's just straight down the middle, you must submit, um, because they're powerful. Yep. The focus is you must apologize because you're powerful. You are powerful because you're white, or you're male, or you're straight. And then what happens after you apologize because you're powerful? Well, then, okay, well, you need to give your money. You need to give your stats. You need to give your this. You need to give your that. You like Basically, both CC, CCP just says, bow your head. Right, wokeness says sympathize because you're powerful, and then bow your head in shame. But the end state of it is very similar, which is bow your head. Wokeness is more tricky, right? Because it's not straight down the middle. It it pretends to empower in this fashion. It's actually very similar. It's a it's capitalism compatible, you know, radical left actually in the sense that you know with communism, um, communism was the redistribution of wealth and wokeness is the redistribution of stats. You know, communism had, you know, the union strike, and wokeness has the social media mob. Think about the microeconomics of this, or the the micro status economics. Yeah. You know, woke mob gathers, and they can beat somebody into submission. And they see the hearts go up on their side, and the RTs go up on their side, and the followers go up on their side. Yeah. And playing a game for real stakes, where they can humiliate their enemies and boost their friends. What's not to like? You know, all you have to yep. do is mash a button and yell at somebody. That's really easy relative to building. Like, yeah, and I, I, think, I
1: think I think I think I said something about how BLM was backed by Marxists at one point, and I got all these people on Twitter, like threatening to put gas leaks in my house and attacking me and, and, and just saying nasty things basically. Yeah.
0: We'll come back to this point. Cause I think we yeah. need to start using more students and stuff. Yeah. It's tricky for us because we're in this transitional age,
1: but uh, well, I, have, I have lots of guns in my house. So I'm not too worried about them actually coming here, but that's a whole nother conversation.
0: <laughs> okay. 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 But
1: yeah. uh, this is Texas biology. Yeah. Come on.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, it's Texas. Okay. Yeah. You're probably, probably okay. Right? But, um, so the thing is with these, uh, with this, with these wolf mobs, they like the union strikes are are seeing a visible benefit of yelling at people online and ganging up on them and so on and so forth right they're gaining status from it now what they're losing though they don't fully understand it is that by buying into the woke social contract they may be able to yell at somebody as you know mansplaining today you know but they will get hit as being white privileged tomorrow
1: yeah so so they're basically attacking themselves later basically
0: Yep. Or, or somebody else can now hit them. They have now essentially cut down all uh, assumptions of good faith in society. They're, they're leeching the trust out of society, right? Because yep. everybody is accused of the worst possible motivation for anything they could have done. And uh, people are looking for a way to call out the other person to gain status at their expense, even if this is not fully conscious. It's, it's basically like the hearts go so, so
1: I mean, So a lot of this woke part of the triangle, the things they're doing are negative some, they're actually going to hurt themselves. It's kind of, so, But it, doesn't that mean it's self-destructive and it's just going to go away after a while, though? Or, or, or can I just do this for a long time before it goes away? Because it seems like you're describing a self-destructive system.
0: Well, it, I think it's going to be self-destructive because of inflation, but not necessarily because of its internal. So we'll come to that. Okay, so now we get to the third thing of the triangle, right? So CCP, you must submit. Wokeness, you must sympathize. Um, and you know, CCP, you must submit. NYT, you know, wokeness, you, you must sympathize. And by the way, the reason I put NYT there as opposed to CCP is NYT is upstream in the state you know, that's to say, a journalist, a corporate journalist can get a politician fired, but not vice versa. Yep, it's not yep. fully deterministic, you know, they can write a negative article in them they may survive that, but yep. in general, right, it's it's one way versus the above, right? So, NYT, yep. you know, like they're saying, like, if if China is a, has a state-controlled press, America is a press-controlled state, you know, yep. um, in the sense of hold them accountable, get them fired. Okay, fine. Of course. So, the third quadrant of the triangle, BTC, is you must be sovereign, right? And what does this mean? This means that, Rather than bending to ccp or rather than like sympathizing like the books once you do you have to hold your private keys locally you know like and the extreme version of this is the so-called bitcoin max
1: just so people understand holding your private keys locally means you don't even trust coinbase or anyone with uh, with your with your money because they could just someone else could take it away so you actually literally have distributed money that's just yours only only you have access to that would be exactly. the extreme version of crypto yeah
0: that's right. So so everything is as local as possible. You know, so it overlaps obviously with prepping, which was a subculture prior to Corona, but now is is the culture. You know, I mean, remember how weird it was two years ago to have you know in nineteen in ninety five masks rather uh, and so on. Like that was weird, right? I, I took we a lot we, of we
1: sent a to bunch work. of ours to the local hospital because we felt guilty uh, when it happened. But yeah, no, we, yeah, that's it, we, my wife is a prepper as well. But that was unusual. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and so the thing is like the next crisis is very obvious is it's going to be inflation, I think. Uh, or at least inflation in a lot of physical goods. I think digital goods will be fine because their marginal costs are so low. So what'll happen is the physical world, basically the, the nature of what covid did is it turned the physical world into a premium product. That's say, you know, uh we've made it really cheap to put a lot of transistors on a chip but it's expensive to put a lot of people in a room. Yeah. you have know, moved from, you know, it's not the digital divide anymore. It's a physical divide. So physical is still valuable, but it's a premium product. Everything gets done digital first. It's a remote meeting. It is, you know, VR entertainment. How,
1: how, how, how is this tied to the to the sovereign corner? What, what are you, I, what are you tied to sovereign corner? Okay.
0: So the thing is that basically um, the, just like there's extreme CCP people and extreme books, there are extreme maximalists who think, Um, you know, like Bitcoin is the only coin and having anything other than that, you're an evil person and you're a scammer and you're a fraud, uh, and you're a shill and you know, you're charlatan and so on and so forth. Right. And in its own way, it's similar to wokeness, which makes these accusations of being racist, sexist, et cetera, et cetera. But they're they're not
1: powerful enough to actually do anything to people. So like the woke people and the CCP people. All right.
0: Yeah. But they're on an
1: This is interesting because obviously you're more on the side of these of these sovereign crypto corner people, the BTC corner. But you're, you're. I assume you're not like attacking people for using Dogecoin or something, and 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 like trying no, to make I them mean, in trouble. I
0: think Doge. I think Dogecoin is stupid. But do I think, for example, something like Zcash? I think that's really good because yep. that Zcash is because it's more, more private. private.
1: No one could track it no matter what. Right? Which is which that's right. So.
0: That's right. So like, like you know, the thing is, is venture capitalist, Let me let me let me talk about the maximalist position a little bit here because I think it is. Um, i want to steel man it before i criticize it right yep. because there's, there's, one way of thinking about it is what a liberal is to evoke like a libertarian is to a maximalist you know yep. like that's to say it's like an extreme version that then inverts some of the principles and, and so on right yeah so um essentially there's, there's different reasons that people become Bitcoin maximum people are going to hear a lot more about this by the way i think over the years to come but uh, one of them is just total distrust in institutions. Okay. Which is understand I'm going to list yep. a bunch of stuff that I agree with. Right. A second is, you know, fear of upcoming inflation, which I agree with or deplatforming by banks. Um, and uh, just general disgust with the debt culture of, you know, not just the U S but the world, like, you know, 30 year mortgage. And, you know, yeah, you know, this is like,
1: this is like this extreme position of people are really smart and really c- cynical. You can almost say about how the world works. Right now,
0: yeah, and, and the thing is, it's it's something where all of this I'll agree with up to the point that they, that they lose me is, uh, and therefore no coin other than Bitcoin, right? Um, like, but whether, I mean, I mean, isn't it isn't it a little more cynical
1: than that, Bology? Because obviously, like, like you and I both know, like, we need things like like you know we need things like Palantir and Stripe, and we need competent institutions sometimes to accomplish certain things, right? Don't don't we to so to actually build things that are competent? We need institutions sometimes.
0: So, right. so this is right. So this is basically the failure mode of like extreme, like ultra-libertarianism, right? Ultra-libertarianism yeah. is um is something that uh is is like the caricature, right, you know, of libertarianism, where I didn't actually think it existed, you know, but um, it's people who truly don't trust anybody, right? Who, you know, attack the motives of every single person but, and so on. And,
1: but, but you and I are both builders. And we know that in order to get things done in the world, do you need entities that attract smart people and build together?
0: What we want is something where it's neither you must submit. Uh, nor you must sympathize, nor you must be sovereign, but something in the middle, which I call the decentralized center. It's like the, the center yeah. of this triangle. The more
1: sane people who aren't all the way at the extreme. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah.
0: It is It is basically the, the relative moderates of each because you actually don't want a society where nobody ever submits or nobody ever sympathizes. Oh, this, oh, this, is,
1: this is, this is really interesting. So you're saying there's actually some wisdom on each of these corners and we actually want to learn the wisdom for each of these corners. So, so you do, you do, you do want to be somewhat woke in the sense that you should, you should be stopping yourself. If you have biases that are unconscious biases, or you do want to be somewhat, you do want to be somewhat decentralized and skeptical of institutions that are big and broken and scary, but you don't want to be crazy on either side.
0: It, exactly. And the thing is, this is the practical set of trade-offs. Look, there's many possible optima within that space that different people will choose. Right. But in practice, you don't want to, in a society where nobody ever submits is like, san francisco where people can run into a walgreens and steal everything right the society yep. where nobody ever sympathizes is like the total opposite of woke society it's like uh i don't know russia in the 90s right everybody assumes everybody else is a scammer and cynical and whatever and that's yep. actually similar to the place where everybody's sovereign um you know then there's zero possibility of trust zero possibility of cooperation so,
1: so that those are three corners
0: got it that's right and so so i think that ultimately that's right we basically you know if again to caricature you know there's the uh, The Democrat wants more government, the Republican wants less government, the Libertarian wants no government, and the technological progressive technologist wants a new government, that is to say, a new state, right? So now let's talk about that, the network state. Yep. So what I think we're on course for, what we're actually already at, it's kind of funny. You know, I write these essays and I, I think that they're going to be predicting six months or you know, so it's like like five years or 10 years out, and then it happens in like less than six months.? Okay, it's kind of, kind of amazing actually. Um, but uh, some, one of the things I've been thinking a lot about uh, is if you think about this global graph of everybody connected together, you know, like where you and I, for example, we have a link between ourselves, despite the fact that we're never thousands of miles away. Right. And there's people link. who are physically closer to you and physically closer to me that we don't know and we wouldn't recognize on the street. Right. Yep. So what is happening, what has been happening over the last 15 or 20 years, I don't know if you remember this, but eight years ago, you know, we were at a thing and it was like, you know, Snapchat is on a straight line with the dissolution of the nation state. Do you remember that?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I remember, I remember the, the discussion of this. It's kind of like correlated with some interesting things in our society. Arguably. Yes.
0: And, and basically it's a one-liner. It's meant to be provocative and poke and people are like, "Why are you you're crazy guy. And the point is that Snapchat has somebody in, you know, New York or uh, in California, 3000 miles away, sharing intimate moments, but they don't know their next door neighbor right so the fundamental assumptions behind geographic polities where people who are near each other share cultural norms and therefore agree on laws and you know therefore can resolve disputes because they're in the same community and they have some degree of consensus those assumptions are being invalidated communities are not geographical they are communities of mind if you notice for example like on, on twitter all the banner all the bios they used to read something like you know, Hey, I'm Jim, I'm 32, I'm in Pittsburgh. I like the Steelers, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah.
1: It used to be more about your location and, and where you are, but now it's more about your thoughts and how you identify with, with communities that have similar things they're interested in and, and, and think about things similarly. That's interesting. Yeah. Exactly. So now it's all
0: tribal banners, pound Bitcoin, pound BLM, you know, like pronouns, uh, you know, uh, laser eyes. All so the, so, so, so
1: even, even the pronouns, which is from this, from this old woke corner is actually part of it's this new network state thing because they're actually just signifying themselves based on that based on that perspective and viewpoint, which is how the whole world is moving towards.
0: That's right. So essentially one way of thinking about it is we just, up, or last 20 something years, we just uploaded the entire world in plain text onto the internet, right? And at first it was okay because we sort of had, you know, like, like the offline trust and relationships and so on, you know? Like let's mm-hmm. say you, you take a school, when Facebook got schools online, And those people pretty much knew each other. Yeah, I mean, it used to
1: only reflect the real world, but then it became the real world. And when it became the real world, then this became, this changed everything.
0: Well, one of the biggest things is when you connect everybody to everybody, some people can't stand each other, right? Some Ohio mechanic making a remark to his coworker, you know, a guy in, you know, in, in New York City who was working at a newspaper might not know or care.
1: Yeah, no, they, no, a 75-year-old white guy talking about race to his buddy is probably not going to come across well to, to, to the 30, 30-somethings from Stanford.
0: Exactly, right? So yeah. the thing is that everybody's now just cheek by jowl online, right? The borders haven't been created. It is, that's why Twitter is the public war zone, you know, because, and that's basically we're in the middle of, you know, cancel culture is, is one term for it, but a better term is I call this the social war. Right. If you if you go and look at a map in 1861, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the the blue and the gray at that time, that that civil war was something where the, the, the ideological groups were geographically and physically separate. So the victory yep. condition was obvious. It was that A invades B's territory and so on. OK, but if you look at a more recent map of the U.S. Uh, with Democrat and Republican counties, it's not like, you know, this half is Republican, this half is Democrat. It's very fractal. There's purple counties, you know, there's blue cities and, and all this type of stuff, right? On my uh, on so my I'm street
1: in Texas, there was one neighbor that got really angry when I put a big Texas flag up. So but it's it's, it's, okay. it's, a little, it's still a little mixed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> There's not, that's right. So, so, so the thing is that any plan to quote, settle it with violence wouldn't even make sense because what are you going to do? Invade, you know, San Francisco and boys, you know, boys like it, it doesn't make sense. It's too fractal, you know, even bombing or whatever, you'd hit a bunch of guys on blue team or red team, right?
1: Invading San Francisco is not the worst idea. You've mentioned this conversation, but yes, I agree. That's, that's not, that's <laughs> yeah, not how it's going to yeah, work. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: But, but here's the thing because in physical space people are sort of cheek by jowl, you know, where the battle was actually waged, you know, was was in social media space. And there's a graph in CGR from 2017. You know, maybe I can send it to your guys afterwards if you it yeah. on the screen doing this. But in, in social media space, uh, they, these two groups are disjoint, right? Yeah. The the blue and the red. And here's the thing, if in physical space you win by a uh, physical war, you win by invading your opponent's territory, in social space, in digital space, you win by invading their mind. Yep. And so once you think of cancel culture as not being cancel culture, but it's a state of social war. Well, and this
1: explains and this explains polarization a lot of our things, because if they're in this kind of social war, they're both going to pull at the extremes in order to try to win this battle. Because that's the battle they're that,
0: fighting. right. It's two mind viruses, two meme plexes, you know, not just a single meme, but a combination of them slugging it out. And now we can actually understand deplatforming. Uh, boycotts, cancellation, et cetera, in another way. What they want are lights on blue team or red team to wink out and silence. Yep right? It's sort of like an enemy battleship. Yeah, they're, they're, try, they're trying to, try
1: to, to silence something. them, cancel and quiet them down. I want to, I want to get to, I know you've become, you re, earlier you said you were bullish on, you're bearish on America, but bullish on technology and Asia and progress, but you've told me you're more recently more bullish on America. So I want to fast forward this to, to how, the, what's going to happen with network states and why are you, why are you more bullish on America now?
0: Okay. So I'm bullish. I'm bullish on part of America. Let me call it crypto America. Okay. And, mm. um, I, the, the, what I'm bullish on is, uh, Suarez in Miami. I'm bullish on what you're doing in Austin. I'm bullish on Caitlin Long in Wyoming. I'm bullish on the States that have passed crypto and Bitcoin bills. Like actually Nebraska has done some good stuff. Colorado has done some good so stuff. So
1: in some ways we're separating out the country a little bit and there's parts of the remaining functional and they're going to be even more functional.
0: Well, the thing is COVID is just, you know, Teal's line from almost a decade ago. that still actually resonates. It's amazing that a, there's going to be one person that made the world safer for capitalism, and B, that the race between politics and technology might be very close and down to the wire, right? So COVID has been this enormous accelerant of obviously this total state, right, with, you know, not, not lockdowns for health, short term lockdowns, like in East Asia actually managed to do them in a relatively sane way, but stupid lockdowns, like what happened in, in the West where there's just no so, plan of- So COVID's
1: government. accelerated the race between politics and technology.
0: Exactly. But on the other hand, it made it possible to do remote work. It made it possible yep. to migrate and move. It, yeah, it was, it was a,
1: so, it, so it was a usually bad year for like dumb government doing things in some ways, but it was usually a usually positive year for technology having a much bigger impact on our lives.
0: Yes, and not just technology, but crypto, right? Yep. Because so the centralized state and the decentralized network, that is the real political axis of the world. That is the that is, you know, just like um, capitalism versus communism was the big, big fight of the you know, 20th century. The network versus the state, the decentralized network versus centralized state. That's a big fight. How do we how do we
1: help push this fight forward in the right way, and what's it going to look like when it ends positively?
0: So, well, I think it's it's really important. There's basically both the inside game and the outside game. I think that um, I'm I'm very bearish on anything at the you know U.S. federal government or EU level. I'm very bullish on state and local governments within the U.S. Right. So, as we mentioned, just Miami and Austin and so on and so forth. Uh, and I'm also bullish on international, right? So, uh, you know, Dubai and Switzerland and Singapore and, you know, actually El Salvador and Latin America. And- El
1: Salvador recently became the first country to adopt Bitcoin as legal tender. Obviously that's very first, exciting. Yeah. Huge deal.
0: Huge deal. The, the, this is a massive thing in the Bitcoin community in particular, right?
1: Are you going to go spend time there and make sure it works? Are you going to stop by?
0: Uh, undisclosed plans right now, but all basically, right. Right. Um, you know, it's, a. Uh, it's very, very, very important. And Let me know. It's a short flight
1: from Texas. We can go. We can go help them out.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Sure. Actually, yeah. I really, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe we can do that. But so the network state concept, right? Basically, what is happening now is that political divisions within cities, I think, will start to decline, but economic competition between cities will rise, right? So Democrat versus Republican within cities. Will fall.
1: You have to tell Keith to stop trying to compete with me between Miami and Austin. He's really into, he's really into competing with everyone.
0: <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's actually progress to go from the two-party system to the n city system. That's,
1: That's fair. fair. That's fair. right.
0: That's huge. From Democrat versus Republican to SF versus Miami versus Austin. Like that's healthy competition. That's actually more like sports teams because most of the people you're working with on a daily basis are not attacking you for money or attacking you. They're actually it's so much healthier to cheer against the Phillies or whatever over there. Yeah. Like Liverpool. Over here, right? I'm not saying economic competition can't get crazy. It can, okay. I mean,
1: this saying, could be and this could be cities and states within the U.S. It could be other city states around the world, and we gotta just and those are gonna compete, and there's a bunch of them are gonna be competent, and they're gonna attract these network states, basically these, these groups that, that are that are that are functional to these places, and, and then prove kind of these ideas.
0: That's right. I think we're gonna see them forming like Hanseatic League type things, like the Hanseatic League of you know yep. the uh, the. I think it, it was like 1400s or 1300s with a bunch of cities that unite together against pirates. These startup cities will find each other online and start. So, the, so they'll
1: compete, but they're also going to ally, but at a high level, there's just like very optimistic vision that there is a way that competent people on these network states get together and and fight for the values of the the competent part of the triangle and kind of stop the bad forces from winning.
0: That's right. And the good thing is that because we have physical mobility, because we have remote work, because we have the remote economy, there are not finally competitive forces that are acting crypto, to reform these. Lifestyle.
1: Crypto and technology are like the positive forces that are going to allow us to solve these problems. Balaji, I think that's an awesome place to leave it. I, re- I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me this
0: evening. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much.